Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Wild Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Doing pretty good. We are taping this podcast at 8.37, folks. And Is that good? Yes, because our kids have been in bed for like a little while, like asleep. This, yes. is, this is positive. I asked you earlier today if you wanted to podcast, and you said pretty much no. But you had a change of heart because we got the kids in bed so early. Exactly. Like, I'm down. And plus, it's our only chance to, to hang out the whole week. It's been a nutty week. Really? Let's get into it. Yes. It's episode 68 of The Long Finish. Welcome, folks, to episode 68. Say us every time right off the bat. We have a new kid, kid number three. He loves when you all rate, review, and subscribe to the show. So he you, just giggles when he hears he, that review. He has the biggest smile <laughs> whenever we get a new review. So please make him happy. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Please do it. But it's episode 68, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot going on in our life. And we wanted to get into the spirit of the Olympic two weeks. Oh, it's a fortnight. It's not quite a fortnight. That's Wimbledon. But I said, Catherine... Pick us out a wine that feels international, and you came up with something. Yes, I'm excited about this. Chile, Chile in South America. This is Maturana Wines. This is the Naranjo Torontel orange wine. It's from the Valle de Maule in Chile, and this is Vintage 2020. I'm super excited about this wine by the glass at Esther's and it's just so like summery and delightful and joyful. A great summer orange wine. How do orange wines do in your estimation for by the glass? Well, number one is the color. You know, if you can see it on another table and you see it's like that bright golden color or it has some, you know, it's not just skin contact but doesn't happen to be slightly orange, then it's not as interesting. I think this is doing pretty well. It's also really clean and it's the nose is just gorgeous, which we'll get into. I agree about the nose. Well, I'm excited about the fact that that we're going back to orange wine because we did orange wine, I think, as the third wine we did for the podcast, leaning into this popularity that orange wine is experiencing. I think we've done one also from Morocco. My point is, there is a real craze for orange wine. It's nutty. It I, I can't even keep up with it. It's just out of control. Orange wine is great. We're drinking one tonight. But it's the fad is real. So we're going to help you cut through some of the clutter point out some orange wines that we think are super delicious that includes the wine we're having tonight the other reason i wanted to bring up the wine uh request from Catherine is i said bring something sort of in the world is because the olympics are going on Catherine mad at me today because the olympics are on all the time in our house right now we the tv a, has not been turned off we've done a think. great job at this house <laughs> of not watching a lot of tv with these kids that has changed with the Olympics because the Olympics are on 24 hours a day. I don't know where anything is. Common complaint about the Olympics. I watch the Olympics. I don't know what I'm about to watch. I, don't, I can't figure out what NBC Peacock is trying to present to me, but I just track it down, and our oldest son likes watching it too. And my favorite thing that my, my son says, my five-year-old says, is, who do we root for, Dad? I don't really have a rooting interest in a lot of these events. And he just says, I'm going to root for whoever wins. That's his catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's really enjoying it. That's what I think is so neat. And it's cool for him to get to see, well, and us too, 
so many different kinds of sports. You know, I'm used to you watching about five and there's handball and there's diving and all sorts of different things that we don't know all the rules to, but it's really fun to see someone excelling at something. He's really into handball. Yeah, he likes that. He's he's the most into handball and also soccer. So that's fun for us. We tried to watch judo and he's like, what's happening? And I go, I have no idea. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what, how you do the judo. (laughs) How do you do the judo? How do you do the judo? That's a great disco song, by the way. Yeah, How is. do you do the judo? That would be amazing. I have no idea. Scores were zero zero. Went into overtime. Someone won. So if you're a big judo fan, hit me up. How's the archery? Archery was very compelling. Uh huh. Another sport that we enjoyed watching because it's easy to understand. Sure. You know, there's the bullseye with ten points, nine points, etc. The game happens probably within a ten minute span because you have to shoot within twenty seconds from the time your opponent shoots. Very digestible, something for any other people out there looking for Olympic sport to get into. Archery. There you go. Okay, we have a, an Olympic sport happening to us this week, and this is just prediction time, Catherine. We are going on our first family trip since 2019. This is correct, right? Yeah, he, I she am not so saying scared. anything she because is my so face is just all but total We are taking worry. three kids, husband and wife, on a trip cross country, direct flight, to Virginia to see my family for the first time in two years. And we are, at least I know you are, we're scared. I am terrified. <laughs> I can't sleep. I'm just like, uh, how are we going to do it on the plane? What's going on with our kids? COVID, like it's just all, I mean, people, please pray for me. A lot of bundle of nerves and anxiety over here with Catherine. So we'll, we'll have a full report when we get back from the vacation but yes i'm trying to think about how many bags we're gonna be taking i'm gonna be sherpa sherping us across country the good thing is you know your family has a lot of kids and they have a lot of things we can use there which is fabulous so your sister has been really helpful and you know suggesting a lot of different stuff she can bring over to the house that's going to be really helpful but it's still like i'm i have a list in my phone of all the stuff i need to pack this week because it's just endless let me know if anyone else does this at home this might be very weird to a lot of people but my dad and i are approximate sizes so i just bring like a few pairs of my own underwear and i just wear his shirts his t-shirts well not everyone is the same size i don't know i'm just parents. asking I, I i don't know i don't know i'm just curious if other people do that maybe they have a brother right they go visit their brother or their sisters visit sisters and they're like you know what i'm just gonna bring a few things socks and stuff and i'm just gonna wear your clothes does that happen a lot i don't know I don't know. You actually wear some of your mom's stuff, but she hands them down to you. Oh, yeah. Well, they're they're mine now. It's not like I wear them when I'm at their house. Like, I wear them all the time. I think this is just sensible packing. Like, my dad has 250 t-shirts from colleges. He's not going to wear all 250. He's gonna, I'm going to wear six of them while I'm in Virginia. Well, let me tell Makes you one thing. Sense. One thing I'm not worried about is what you're going to pack. <laughs> That's completely fair. <laughs> well, a lot of anxiety over here. To calm the nerves, we're going to drink some wine. Let's talk about a wine that I think you and I are both really enjoying tonight. Absolutely. So let's talk to people about orange wine. Let's talk to people about Chilean wine. Visit that. And let's get into the wine of the night. Yes. Gosh, I am so enjoying this. This is the Maturana Wines Naranjo, 100% Torrental from the Valle de Maule in Chile, Vintage 2020. Chile. 
Yes, not unlike California, really long and thin, a lot of exposure to the cool air off the ocean coming in and going up to the Andes. So most of the wine region's pretty cool. This is in the Maule Valley, which is in the Central Valley. The most production, most wine production in all of Chile is in the Maule Valley. And I would say it's more quantity over quality in general there with some serious exceptions. And Chilean wine, I feel like, has only gotten better and better in the market. It's remarkable. I used to only see like big brands, commercial wines, and now we're seeing a lot of small family-run wineries, different varietals, native varietals. The most planted varietal in all of Chile is Cabernet Sauvignon, believe it or not. There's more cab planted in Chile than in California. It's second to France only. Can you believe that? That's amazing. But there's also native varietals like Pais, or this is not native to Chile. It's actually native to Argentina, but it's called Torontel here. It's Torontes is the grape variety. Really one of South America's claim to fames, really, as far as white wine, for sure. It's super aromatic. It's kind of like Muscat on the nose. It's so floral and fruity and that the palate is dry. It's really intoxicating. Too intense for some people, but I really think it's special in this case because it's an orange wine. It's on the skins. So this is made by Maturana Winery. The winemaker there is Jose Ignacio Maturana, and he was a winemaker. He had um, his own vineyards, but he was a winemaker for kind of a big-time commercial winery. And in 2010, when the earthquake hit and destroyed so much of the wine industry and of the livelihood of so many Chileans, his farmhouse and his vineyards were totally destroyed. And he wanted to rebuild and he took a trip to Burgundy to kind of learn fine winemaking and some new techniques and came back and rebuilt his winery. Marutana works with 70 plus year old vines, which is really cool. And he's making this Torrentes from 70 plus year old wines. It's eight months on the skins. I think I said that. Organically farmed, worked by hand, native yeast fermentation, and it's just clean and gorgeous. So as I said, really fruity and floral on the nose, but almost like a perfume, like musky, orange peel and honey, spices like cardamom and dried flowers, potpourri. It's just bursting with all these intoxicating aromas. The palate has a little more texture. It's round, it's slightly oily, but then it gives way to a really thin layer of tannin, very fine tannin, and then it's washed away by a slightly bitter finish. It's not high acid. That's the thing about Torontes. It's not a high acid wine. So some don't love it, but it is bone dry, medium acid. It kind of medium, medium minus kind of sits on your tongue, but it's really clean and it's tropical too. I don't think I mentioned that, but there's just sort of like this bright guava, like it's so summery, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's so funny. My first visit ever to a winery was in Chile, believe it or not. I was, I'm trying to think how old I was. I was one I, <laughs> I was 20 years old and I was there for spring semester. Um, I was getting a minor in Spanish and I spent a semester there, lived with a family and all the students in my class that were also from Notre Dame, we went to visit Conche Toro, which is like 
the winery of Chile that you would see in grocery stores. It's huge. But not everything they sent back to the States at that point was everything that was made at the winery. There was good wine there too. Although I had no clue. You know, my my experience with red wine was Gato Negro out of a box. It was like, so I had no clue. But I do remember the visit. And I remember thinking how cool it was to walk through the vineyards and then walk through the winery and then go up and taste. And I think seeing that whole process was what made it exciting to me. And sometimes I think about that now for anyone who's not that into wine or new to wine. Seeing that process will excite you, will get you just hooked on this drink. Anyway, we've come a long way from Conje Toro. This is pretty fantastic it's interesting the way you describe the wine because i like this wine but you you used a lot of indicators for wines which i normally don't like wines being floral wines being lower acid so i'm trying to understand the fact that i am really into this wine even though it shares a lot of qualities with wines that i don't really love to drink i think there's a complexity in it that's really special the floral is mixed with like all that tropical fruit. It's mixed with potpourri and spice. It's just not like a highly floral. And it's it's also not that herbal floral, like gardenia or right. something. It's a really pretty, pretty floral, either like white flowers and potpourri, you know? It really is a tropical citrus guava touch of honey thing that's really off the nose. And I like it a lot compared to what you said, like the fl- more floral just like, you know, flower, gardenia, yeah. the garden type thing. It's not that. So this, this is something that people should take note of if they happen to are similar in that sort of palate. And with uh, the acid too, even though it's medium acid, I just think it's really, it's a complete wine. It doesn't taste flabby or flat. I hear that. I'm glad you brought those words up because that's the wine question of the night I want to ask you. You use the words like flabby or fat, but the word you were using the most tonight is clean. So... Can you describe to the audience what you mean by a clean wine? It's a wine, it's a term we use a lot. So can you just help people understand or paint a picture for what you mean by clean wine? Well, I think there are two answers to that. When a wine is clean, it means it's not flawed. For example, doesn't have cork taint. It, the wine is not mousy. The wine is without flaws. And it's not stored improperly. Or it's not stored it's improperly. To heat or or it hasn't like that. been exposed to heat, sunlight, that kind of thing. That's a clean wine, technically speaking. I think sometimes when I use the term, it means for me that the wine is really, really vivid and vibrant. It's more linear in terms of the notes, in terms of the aromatics, in terms of the palate. I can really call out the different things that I'm smelling or tasting. It's not muted in any way. I don't know. I I hear you're saying. I think you you got there. I think you got there. It's a tough one. It's almost like uh, the what is porn question. I know it when I see it kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, in a way you're calling me out too because it's not a technical. I'm not using it correctly. So many people use it though. Yeah. So many people use it. You and I use it all the time. Yeah. I think we under we sort of we seem share to terminology, understand right? each other. Yeah, but it's not it's not technical. So but, it's an important thing to know. But I like the way you said the way because we always talk about this and we make fun of this in a previous podcast episode. When you first taste a wine for the guild, you must say the wine is clean. The wine is sound. Exactly. You're meaning you know this is not a flawed wine. And I'm going to tell you right now, I want all the wines that we taste on this podcast and that we carry at Esther's and that we drink in our house to be clean wines. And that's actually what I was going to get to is because you like Psalms of Influence 
around LA and the country have different palates. And your palate, most people know, you know your wine, the wines that you like, are more what are considered more traditional leaning or cleaner is what we say. So, And that part is yeah. true. I would say in the natural wine movement and lovers of natural wine, there is a spectrum. Some folks love natural wine and really want the wine to be totally clean and other lovers of natural wine love the wine for what it is and are okay with little flaws here and there because that's part of the story that's part of what is authentic about that wine to that person so there's a range and this is why it's so important to get to know your local wine stores because the buyer has a palate and the way they buy things oftentimes the way they tend to like the wines. So exactly. if you match up with that, then lean into that. And if you don't quite match up with that, look for another place to go find wines that do share your sensibility, right? Absolutely. And that being said, I still think when all of the Psalms that work for Rustic Canyon, we think about the customers and like, okay, I might not like heavy reds, but I need to pick some excellent heavy reds to offer the guests that love heavy reds. But I'm going to pick my style of those heavy reds. You I mean, know what I'm saying? This is such a fun conversation for us because I think it talks about the nuance of wine and wine tasting. And I will say this, over the course of the time of you opening Esther's, I feel like your palate, because of some of the staff that you've worked with, your palate's actually been pulled more into a funkier direction, actually, in the last five, six years. I think it's the staff. I think it's what the customers are excited about. I think it's also what's in the market and what's available. There's even more distributors and more wines out there than there were six years ago. I mean, it's just insane. We opened. We just celebrated our six-year anniversary. Good point. Believe it or not. I forgot to mention that. It's just exciting. Um, we made it. Six years. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Through the first half of the pandemic? Should we say that? <laughs> first half of the Oh, Gosh, oh, no. Too early for that joke. Yeah. Anyway, I think my palate and I hope my palate will continue to evolve and change over my life because even as I've seen during my pregnancies, enjoying different kinds of wine, different flavors, you're allowing your palate to change is beautiful and appreciating different things. I think, you know, sometimes in the wine world, there's... um you know, the real Psalms like this or whatever. But if you're a true lover of wine, then what you love may change over time and depending on a season. And gosh, I'm grateful for that. Well, we'll do a future episode about uh, wines that you've learned to love or have, have changed your opinion on over the years. The number one being, which we all know from future past episodes, Grenache. is Grenache. Yes, but let's circle back to this wine and talk about some pairings food pairings for this wine what are your immediate thoughts immediately i'm just thinking of like melon and prosciutto because it's so like just summery and tropical i'm also thinking of a super gooey cheese i'm thinking of goat cheese it this is kind of the little compote that you'd have on that creamy creamy cheese i'm thinking of maybe like a, a halibut with a pineapple salsa or a duck with like a orange marmalade sauce, you know, something to match that fruitiness of this wine. But you could also go opposite. You could also have this with, oh, this would be great. You could have it with the mushrooms that we're having at Esther's right now. These all different kinds of mushrooms just roasted with herbs and walnuts and lemon. This would be awesome because they're so earthy and this is so tropical fruity. 
If you heard that beep, it was the monitor. <laughs> no kids on our laps this low, week, but we are, we are doing the podcast in front of a <laughs> monitor, making sure our kids are asleep. We want to direct our listeners to find an orange wine and hopefully even this wine. So how do we help them find this wine or a wine like it? Well, gosh. Bunch of options, right? Lots of people getting on the orange wine bandwagon right now. So that's a great way to start. Into your local wine store. What orange wines do you have? Where are they from? And let's just recap. Orange wine is just skin contact wine. It's white wine that's been in contact with the skins. Gives it a little bit darker color and sometimes a little bit more texture and aromatics. When you say in contact, what do you mean? I mean, the skin is literally sitting with the juice. It's either fermenting together or they're macerating together. And that's oh, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. What else are we going to look for in the store? Yep. You could also look for Torrantes Tor- or Torrantes. Said those kind of two different ways. One of the calling cards for white wine from South America. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But that's a great summer wine. Super tropical. It's fun wine. Yeah. It's a fun wine. Go to Esther's. Get it by the glass. Pop on our podcast. Listen to it. Ask your local wine store if you have it or something like it. We'll put the label on Instagram at the long finish. So you can take it to your local wine store and see if they can pick it up. And go get yourself some orange wine to end the summer. All right, now we come to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go first. We talked about earlier. It's the Olympics. I can't get enough. I haven't watched as much as I did when I was pre, pre-children, but you can't Hard ha- to believe. I know, I know. Hard to believe. I, was up, I actually was up until 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning last night it watching the golf. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was watching the golf final because there was a seven person playoff for bronze and i just thought that was so funny because three of the best players in the world were in it roy mcelroy hideki matsuyama colin morikawa vying for not, not even getting money they're just going for a bronze medal for third place and i just thought it was hilarious i just couldn't stop watching it it's kind of what i'm getting at just to see the best people in the world do what they do but also i just enjoying the story it's a weird storyline right this is happening a year after the year it was supposed to happen so many people's lives have changed because of this pandemic. Like people who probably could have won gold in 2020 have now allowed the 18 year old become a 19 year old, and now they're slipping in and winning the gold medal. I just think it's really interesting how there's this weird sliding doors thing happening because of the pandemic. I can't get it out of my brain. So still watching people do extremely well in the weirdest sports. Just I got. I'm gonna find one. I'm gonna find one to get my kids into, and they're gonna win an Olympic medal. So. <laughs> anyway, that's my inspiration of the week. My original title of this episode was going to be Gold, Silver, Bronze, Orange, but I'll change it. Uh, anyway, what do you got? Well, this week, this past week, we were lucky to have my aunts Amy and Cindy visit for a week from Bloomington, Indiana. And of course, if you listened to this podcast before, you know I've talked about them. They're great listeners and they are dear dear family members and friends. And it was such a pleasure to introduce them to new baby Cass and to see Bo and Quinn as they are now because they haven't seen them in two years and to show them our house and just be with them. I'm very close with them and it was it was special. I've been doing a lot of mom stuff and I've been doing a lot of business owner stuff and I've been doing just a little bit of wife stuff 
but <laughs> I don't recall any of that. It was nice to feel just like a girl, like Katie. That I grew up being called Katie, and it was nice to feel like Katie for a week. My friend Morris said, "How old is that version of yourself?" I said, "Probably 10. <laughs> it felt. It was just not, not that I was childish. It just it felt nice to be my whole self and see some dear, dear people. Thank you for your visit, Amy and Cindy. I love you so much. It was a great visit. And you've mentioned this many times. Amy is basically your guiding light for all things books, right? So as much as you read... Uh, you could insert other things for books. <laughs> guiding yeah. light for all things. Yeah, for life. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, that's great. It was yeah. great to have them in town. We definitely needed the help. Now I'm just shouting at my parents. We need you to come out and help us. Someone <laughs> save why, us. That's why I make this podcast. We're just like Princess Leia sending out a message. Please help us. Anyway, drink some orange wine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway cheers. cheers good night yeah all right that's it for episode 68 of the long finish episode 68 is in the books one more reminder to go out to rate review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts Catherine, where can they find the long finish and yourself on social media you can find me at Catherine mile coker on instagram and facebook and you can find the long finish at the long finish on instagram and facebook you can find me on twitter and instagram at tug coker we hopefully we'll be back for one more episode in August. We have a vacation coming up, so stay tuned for another episode later in the month. Until then, hope you guys are having a great summer, getting yourselves ready for this push into the new school year if you have kids. Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully get our kids in school. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the summer. We'll be talking to you in a few weeks. Have a great August, and happy drinking. Ciao.